start by looking in 1 Samuel chapter 14. Samuel chapter 14 beginning verse 1 now it happened one day that Jonathan son of Saul said to the young man who bore his armor come let us go over to the Philistine camp that is on the other side but he did not tell his father and Saul was sitting in the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree which is in the migron and they were with him about 600 men Ahijah, son of Ichabod's brother, son of Phinehas, son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, was wearing an ephod. But the people did not know that Jonathan had gone. And between the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistine camp, there was a sharp rock on one side and a sharp rock on the other side. We have the name of the rocks there. Verse 5. The front of one faced northward toward Michmash, and the other southward opposite Gibeah. <clears throat> then Jonathan <clears throat> said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison or the camp of the these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by, by few. <clears throat> so his armor-bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you, according to your heart. Before we go any further in this story, and we've read this story many times, and I love this story. There's so much you can get out of it. And <clears throat> one of the things that you notice here is that Saul's at Gibeah. That's where he's from. That's his hometown, Gibeah. And... He's there with 600 men. <clears throat> and then <clears throat> Jonathan and his armor, says to his armor, let's go. And uh, over to the Philistine camp. And he said, well, here's a whole group of people staying at home. The whole army is at home. And only two men venture forth in faith. And you see that this is a lot bigger than taking on big armies and things like this. This is about the life that God has called to, the life of faith, to walk by faith. And when we walk by faith, it means we're not walking by what we see. Why were the, why were the rest of the people back over at Saul's house, at his, his, fat, his home, 
They were afraid. They were living in, they were in fear. And this says that some of them were actually hiding in holes in the ground. And some of them actually had defected over to the Philistines because they had no faith. And the thing that stands out when you listen to this story is something that Jonathan says. He says, Come, let us come out, go over to the camp of the uncircumcised. And so, well, you know, it's just talking about that. What's that have to do with anything? It's talking about the covenant that God, the circumcision is a covenant that God made with Abraham. And the blessings that come with the covenant. And God told God told Joshua, no one will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. There are great promises with following the Lord. Great promises. But people are afraid to walk in them. Well, you see, Jonathan sees that and he says, these are the uncircumcised. God is not with them. God is with us. We are the circumcised. We are the people of God. They are not the people. So, let's go over there. There is great privilege to those of us who are the children of God. We are not the people of the world, for in Christ we're the people of God. And with that comes blessing and favor and grace and mercy and promises that the uncircumcised, those who are not in the covenant, do not have. And so, while everybody's afraid of these Philistines, the uncircumcised, Jonathan says to his armor bearer, come on, let's go. We are the circumcision. He says, we are under, we are in covenant with God. They're not. They're worshiping false gods. They are worshiping demons. They're under Satan's control. God is for us. Who can be against us? So, and his armor bearer, he, he wasn't going to argue with him. He says, do all that's in your heart. Go, I'm, I'm with you according to your heart. He goes, I agree with you. Let's go. Because what he says is, <clears throat> for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. And the armor bearer agrees with him because Jonathan speaks according to the word of God. And the armor bearer says, yes, that's right. I'm with you. You know, he says, I am with you according to your heart. Let's go. And so he goes. And so, God puts it in Jonathan's heart to say, well, we're going to go up there. We're going to cross over and show ourselves to them. If they say, in verse 9, wait till we come down to you, then we'll stay here. And he says in verse 10, but if they say, come up to us, then we'll go up. For the Lord has delivered them into our hand, and this will be a sign to us. So this is kind of like Gideon putting out the fleece a little bit, you know. So this is what we're going to do. You know, we're going to we're going to show ourselves. We're going to climb up this cliff. And he says, and we're going to show himself so they can see us. And if they say stay there, we're going to come down to you. Well, then we'll just stand our ground. He says, if they tell us to come up, he says that's going to be a sign that God has given him into our hand. And so, of course, what happens is 
In verse 11, so both of them showed themselves to the camp of the Philistines. And the Philistines say, look, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes which they have hidden. So it's another testimony where most of Israel was at the time. They were in hiding. And the Philistines knew it. They were afraid of them. Oh, these guys came out of hiding. Look. Verse 12, then the men of the garrison of the camp called to Jonathan and his arm bearer and said, come up to us and we will show you something. <clears throat> And Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Come up after me, for the Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. And so you see that this man's faith is not in himself. This man's faith is not in his own strength, in his own swordsmanship, in, 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 his, in the power of him and his armor bearer. It is not in his own strength. His faith is in the power of God. There's no logic what Jonathan is saying. There's no human wisdom in what Jonathan is saying. He is completely outnumbered. There's thousands of people in this camp of the Philistines. Thousands of soldiers and two of them. There's nothing logical or common sense or sensible about this. This is beyond all that. This is faith. And God is with us. He's, he, he knows that God is with them. Men of God that we have read about many times, they see the same thing. They have a vision that others don't see. They see something. They have a spiritual sense, a sixth sense, a spiritual sense. A sense that the natural man does not have. A spiritual sense. And they understand that if God be for us, who can be against us? And this is not, we're not talking just about personal safety here or any of those kinds of things. It's much, much bigger than that. Although it includes committing our safety to the Lord. It means that we're going to stand in faith for all the things that are our problems for ourselves, our children, our grandchildren. All the things that we're confronted with on our job, in our society, the dangers in our society, the problems in our neighborhood, all the different things that are going on in marriages, you know, all the different things, the desires and needs and helps that we are looking for. Are we taking that step forward in faith? If we are, there's a way we can tell. The Bible says we enter God's rest by faith. If we have entered, if we are walking in faith, there's going to be rest in our soul. There's going to be peace in our soul. That's one of the evidences of it. You don't see Jonathan shaking in his boots or his armor bear. Why? They see something that the rest of the 600 men Saul and the rest of the men don't see. And they're sitting back there, shaking in their boots, trembling. Hmm. Verse 13, And Jonathan climbed up on his hands and knees with his armor bear after him, and they fell before Jonathan, as he came after him, his armor-bearer 
killed them and the first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer men made was twenty men in about a half an acre of land and there was trembling in the camp and in the field and among all the people and the camp and the raiders also trembled and the earth shook so that there was a very great trembling so God worked with them God confirmed his word and began to exhibit it and to unleash his power in response to the faith of these two men. And of course, it turns into, it turns into, uh, excuse me, into a mass confusion in the camp of the Philistines. In verse 16, Now the watchmen of Saul and Gibeah of Benjamin looked, and there was the multitude melting away. And they went here and there. There was confusion in the camp of the Philistines, and Saul and his men saw it. Then Saul said to the people who were with him, Now call the roll and see who has gone from us. And when they had called the roll, surprisingly, Jonathan and his armor bearer were not then there. And Saul said to Ahijah, Bring the ark of God here. For at that time the ark of God was with the children of Israel. Now it happened while Saul talked to the priest that the noise which is in the camp of the Philistines continued to increase. So Saul said to the priest, Withdraw your hand. Then Saul and all the people that were with him assembled, and they went to battle, and indeed every man's sword was against his neighbor, and there was very great confusion. So... What happened was, of course, and we've seen this in other stories, where God turned armies against themselves. They were fight, The Philistines were fighting themselves. They, there was such confusion, they were killing each other. Uh, you know, God, the power of God can do you know, things beyond our understanding. And, and so now, uh, it says, all of the the army of the Philistines of uh, Saul and his men are gathered together, assembled together. In verse twenty-one, also the Hebrews who were with the Philistines before that time, who went up with them into the camp from the surrounding country, they also joined the Israelites with Jonathan and Saul. So those Israelites who had defected and gone over and were working with the Philistines against their own countrymen. Now they turn against the Philistines. I said, oh, that's... Is that faith? It's not. It's not faith. They were working for the other team. It's not faith. But they saw... They saw God at work. And so they were encouraged to go back and help their countrymen. And also it says, in verse 22, Likewise all the men of Israel who had hidden in the mountains of Ephraim, when they heard that the Philistines fled, they also followed hard after them in battle. Is that faith? No. They heard. It says... It 
it says that they heard. Hearing and seeing is not faith. They saw the great confusion and they saw the Israelites were, were defeating uh, Philistines. And so that encouraged them. And that's good that they did that. I'm not saying they were wrong for doing that. But it wasn't an act of faith. And Jonathan and the armor bearer, that was the act of faith. They didn't see God the power of God at work. They took the step of faith, and then they saw the power of God. The others, they saw the Philistines on the run, and they saw God working with them then. Then they joined in, not before that. Seeing is not faith. Hearing is not faith. In verse 23, so the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle was shifted to Beth Aven. And the men of Israel were distressed that day, for Saul had placed the people under oath, saying, Cursed is the man who eats any food until evening, before I have taken vengeance on my enemies. So no people tasted food. So now, <laughs> Saul is speaking big words. Once he sees the Philistines on the on the run, he says, "Nobody eats any food today until we've wiped until we've hammered these Philistines." Now he's full of he's full of courage and bravery, but that's not faith. And the one thing we have to learn is that faith is about what we don't see. It's what we are hoping for that hasn't happened yet, that we don't see. The evidence of things not seen. And so, in this story here, and this is a great story, we see two men responding in faith. And then everybody joined in later. And they found their faith <laughs> later on. But two men saw it when it looked hopeless to everybody else. And they took that step. We don't need all these other guys that are afraid. There's 598. It's us two whoever. God doesn't need all them to deliver. So faith is believing on the Lord for things that we don't see. And I want to talk about the word faith for a few minutes. Dave referred to it a few weeks ago, about the definition of faith. And I'm going to go into the Gospel of John and a, familiar, a few familiar passages from the Gospel of John. We'll start with John 3.16. Any brothers want to comment at any point, just stop me wherever I am here. John 3.16. You've all heard it. And for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on 
believes on him will not perish, but have eternal life. And so I want to examine what the word believe means from the Greek that it's translated from. It is from the word pistion from the Greek. It means, to believe means to have faith in, to entrust one's spiritual well-being, to commit, to put trust in, or to firmly adhere to. The word adhere is where they get the word adhesive, to stick. Like glue is an adhesive. To firmly adhere to. And Jesus is telling us we must believe on him, not just about him. And this is where many people fail. Believing about him can be very much easy believism. Just believing some facts about Jesus. But believing on him, committing yourself, committing and putting your trust for your well-being... For your, for, the well, for your well-being, for your future, for your eternal soul, putting your, you're committing yourself to him for all of that and for what he said. You're putting all your chips in and, and you're sticking to this. We're sticking to him. We're entrusting our self, our well-being to him, both spiritual and physical well-being to him. It says that Jesus in Philippians chapter 3, chapter 2, I believe it is, he says, Jesus, when he was beaten, did not retaliate, but committed himself to the Father. Committing ourselves to the Lord. Committing our whole life to Him. The word commit has the word, means, the word commitment comes from the word commit. You're making a commitment when, you, when you're believing on Him. You're making a commitment to Him. That I'm going to trust you for my life. I'm going to trust you for my soul. I'm going to trust you for what you did on the cross is the forgiveness of my sin. Believing on. Many people will be like Saul in the, in the camp of the, the army of the, of the Israelites. They just stay back there. They're not willing to go forward and commit themselves and, and take steps of faith and enter God's rest for their problems. Let's read a few more of them. John 5, 24. These are ones that we refer to often. John 5, 24. Surely I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life and shall not come into judgment but has passed from death into life. It's already settled. Has everlasting life, has passed. Past is past tense. The word past with the E-D on the end of it is past tense. It's already happened. 
to those who have believed in him has everlasting life has passed from has shall not come to judgment has passed from death into life we will not be judged by God but has passed from death into life believing in him not just about him but believing in him. The Greek word is not talking about a mental belief about certain facts about a certain person. This is a much deeper word talking about believing in somebody. You can believe about somebody without believing in them. What does that mean? We can believe in a presidential candidate, but we don't believe in him. We don't believe what he stands for. We, we may believe that that person exists, but we don't believe in what that person stands for. We don't believe we can trust that person. We don't believe he's going to lead us in the right direction, blah, blah, blah. You know how the pol pol political machine goes. That's just an example. But you can believe about somebody but not believe in them, where you are putting your, your, yourself in their hands. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people, they get so hyped in politics, and they put, them, they, they put themselves in the hands of the person that they vote for. God forbid. <laughs> but we put ourselves in the hands of God, because He's worthy of that kind of trust. We believe in Him, not just about Him. We believe in Him for our life. This may sound to some like a little bit of double talk, but if you think carefully about it, the difference between believing about somebody and believing in them. When you believe in them, you're putting your trust for your life and your problems and, and your burdens, you're putting your trust in the Lord for all those things. Why? Because those who believe in him have entered into a covenant with him. We go back to the story of Jonathan in the Old Testament that we read. Jonathan said, let's go over to the camp of the uncircumcised. Those who are not in covenant with God. And he's recognizing that. Hey, me and you, we're in covenant with God. God is on our side. And if God is for us, who can be against us? It doesn't matter that they got a lot more of them than us. It's the recognition of the covenant that spurred Jonathan on. The word of God that spurred Jonathan on. The promise that if we walk with the Lord, no one would be able to stand before them all the days of their life. That was a, a promise of the first covenant. Whereas we have a second covenant, a new covenant, which the Christians walk in, which is made through the blood of Christ. The first covenant was through the blood of bulls and, and, and lambs and sheep. The second covenant was the blood of God's Son. And we are in that covenant, those of us who are in Christ. And because we're in that covenant, we can have faith in the covenant 
that God made with us. That covenant is not with the devil. That covenant is not with the people of the world. That covenant is not with those who walk in the flesh, who profess Christ. That covenant is with those who are in Christ. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ, and there are special privileges and promises to those who are in covenant, and they're in Christ. And that's why we can recognize that, and we can put our trust in Him. Not around Him, not about Him, in Him. I'm taking all my chips, and I'm pushing them forward on the table. I'm putting my trust for my life, for my safety, for my my, my loved ones, but praying for my loved ones, and all the things that I hope for, all the burdens of my heart and my life, all the things I'm challenged with, and I'm putting my trust in Him. And what happens? We have boldness, we have peace, we have hope, we have a rejoicing heart. God is with me. The same chapter. <coughs> Continue on. As surely I say to you, verse 25, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. And those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming, in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil, the resurrection of condemnation. You say, well, wait a minute. Didn't we just read where it said to those who believe in him would not perish and have eternal life? And those who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life and shall not come into judgment but has passed from death to life. Didn't we just read that? And now he's saying those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. On the surface it would almost seem like a contradiction, but it's not. Because to those who believe on him and believe in him, if we are in Christ, the Bible says, we have a changed life, a new life. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. When we believe in him, and we believe on him, it does something on the inside of us. It changes us on the inside. Jesus said, we become born again, born of the Spirit, born of water in the Spirit, as he was talking about in John 3 earlier before John 3.16. It changes a person when they put their trust in Him. When they believe in Him. 
when they adhere to him. When they commit themselves to him. They put their trust in him. It changes a man or woman. It changes them, boy or girl. It changes them. And they live differently because they're led by the Spirit. And they hear Jesus' voice and another voice they will not follow. Just a couple more. John chapter um, 8. further in, uh, enforce or not enforce uh, support that uh, further support that we go to John chapter um, I say it's chapter 7 John 7 37 On the last day, that, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, and all this stuff we read in that different definition, they put their faith in him, they put, they put their trust for their life in him, they put their life in his hands, they adhere to him, they put their trust in him. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, or his innermost being, will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. You see? That's where the changed life comes in. Believing in him creates that change the new man the new creation the receiving of the Holy Spirit God puts his Holy Spirit in us to live inside of us he get, it's a new nature his nature that he puts in us and he leads and guides and teaches us because we believe in him and we believe on him not just about him you see, believing in somebody is personal. In Christendom, they talk about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And indeed, that's exactly what it is. Believing in somebody means you're putting your trust for your life and your salvation, your soul, everything. You're putting your trust in that person. That's personal. That's one-on-one. -on -one. That's personal. This is between me and God. Me and the Lord Jesus Christ. And Him putting His Spirit inside of me to change me on the inside? Sure. That is being born of the Spirit. And how does it happen? 
through believing on Him. And the responses He leads us to as we believe on Him. And then we bear the good fruit as we walk in the Spirit. And that's why it says to those who've done good, you know, eternal life. Those who have done evil to judgment. Because we can't bear the fruit of the Spirit without the Spirit. And we can't receive the Holy Spirit unless we believe in Him and on Him. And that's where it excludes people just being a good person, excludes people of other religions, excludes all those other things. Because we must believe in the blood of Christ for our salvation. We must believe on Jesus for our problem, put our trust in Him for our eternal well-being, our spiritual well-being, our emotional well-being, our mental well-being. It takes it all in. We put our trust in Him for our life. What happened to Jonathan when Goliath showed up? You ever think of that? Because after David killed Goliath, one of the first people to meet him and give all his armor, give his armor to him and, and love on him was Jonathan. You say, well, aren't you being a little hard on Jonathan? No, it's just there's a question that comes into my mind. Well, faith is a fight. Mm -hmm. And that's what one of the functions of the church, the Bible says, to encourage one another daily. It says that Jonathan and David, their hearts were knit after that together. Because Jonathan saw in David something that was in him, that he had experienced, walking by faith in and a church fellowship is meant to be a brotherhood where we encourage one another daily. Encourage, lift each other up. In, not just in prayer, but to encourage one another. Encourage one another's faith because some days maybe this brother's faith is going to be better than mine. Other days other's faith, my faith is going to be stronger than his. And I'm going to be you know, ready to take on giants that he's back in the camp shaking his boots. We gotta encourage one another, lift each other up. That's what fellowship is about. It's one of the big things that it's about. Is to to encourage one another to faith and good works, it says in Hebrews. And that's the responsibility of every Christian in every fellowship. To encourage one another, to build each other up. Edify is the word in the in King James. To edify one another, build each other up. It's not just the job of the preacher, it's the job of every brother and sister in the Lord. Because your faith may be up there, another's faith may be down here, other ones may be over here, to lift each other up, to love, to love and good works and to walk by faith. few other thoughts before I close. And like I said, if any brothers want to stop me, anyone just stop me. If the Son makes you free, Jesus said you'll be free indeed. The word free 
means to liberate. Made free means to be liberated. Exempt, delivered, at liberty, not a slave, unrestrained. Jesus has set us free from sin. He set us free from bondage to the flesh. He has set us free from bondage to Satan. If he has set us free, we are free. And we have we must walk in the liberty of Christ. <clears throat> Jesus said, He who follows me will not be in darkness. What does it mean to follow somebody? means to go the same way with, according to the Greek word, to accompany, to go in the same direction. Oh, very simple. And one more, on a form, from, former point from John 11. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> I am the resurrection of the life. Jesus said this right before he raised Lazarus from the dead. <clears throat> I am the resurrection and life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And so, <clears throat> the main point of tonight's, what, I, what I've shared tonight from the, from the Word, has been what the word believe really means. There is certain people in Christian when that means Yes, I believe those certain facts about Jesus, but it never affects their life. Why is that? Because they believe certain facts about him, they don't believe in him. They don't believe on him. They have not put their hope, their faith,